Uh, hello, welcome back to A Safe Place, a podcast where we discuss school gun violence and how to keep kids safe in schools. I am your host, Louis Aponte, and I'm the author of the upcoming books, A Safe Place, How to Prevent the Next School Shooting, and The Ultimate U.S. School Shooting Reference Guide. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, today's episode 11, I am thrilled to welcome back children's author and former reserve law enforcement officer, Claire Marie. Welcome back, Claire. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me again. Excited to be here. Absolutely. And as I was mentioning before, happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. <laughs> I can't believe we're already towards the, the end of this year already. It's flying by so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've been following you on uh, your, your adventures on uh, social media, uh, especially LinkedIn. And um, I must say you and Sammy the Sasquatch have been incredibly busy lately. Um, what's been going on with you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We've been in so many schools. Wow. Um, in we really have done a lot of work in Oregon. We've been in rural Oregon. We've been in frontier regions in Oregon, and we've also been in big er urban areas. So we've just been traveling all over the state and okay. having so much fun working with kids and um, community safety partners in schools. I, I must say, you, you look amazing for somebody who's been traveling as much as you have. I mean, I've been watching all these these partnerships that you have and all these different schools and these these community members you've been meeting with. Um, you, you seem very calm and relaxed. <laughs> I think I'd be <laughs> exhausted with like $50 bag, you know, bags underneath my eyes. So I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with how you're balancing everything. Thank you. It takes, you know, it takes a lot of focus, but you got to you got to make it happen. So I understand you have something, um, a, a new development with Sammy the Sasquatch um, is going to be converted into a new language. Yes. Yeah. So Sammy the Sasquatch has been translated into Spanish. That's We're exciting. super excited. Yeah. It's in some com consumer review processes now. Um, and then we'll get it out, you know, to check rounds of publishing and then it should be available, hopefully, fingers crossed in the next month or so. All and right. once, we're, uh, once we rolled that out, we're actually going to be publishing an activity book that goes along with Sammy the Sasquatch. Welcome to Recruitertopia. It'll be called Sammy the Sasquatch Adventures in Safety. Nice. How nice. I, I remember in, in one of your posts, you said you had some uh, partnerships with law enforcement officers that were speaking both English and in Spanish. So um, during your travels, has that been a, a demand to, um, is that why you've you published in Spanish? Because you've, you've seen a, a demand for that uh, language as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's super important, you know, that the law enforcement officers that come to work with us in the schools also represent the community. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of the schools that we work in, Spanish is a language that's commonly spoken. We want to make sure that there's equitable access to the information. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that our law enforcement partners can help bring to the table is um, individuals who speak English and Spanish. So that's been really important to us. We just we just want to be more equitable in accessing this information. That's excellent. That's that's been one of my professional development goals as well. Um, on the, on the library's website, we have this database called Mango Languages, and I'm trying to learn uh, Spanish for librarians. <laughs> and so I, I I can I understand what you mean as far as how important it is to you know make it more equitable um, in terms of access. So um, recently, um, I noticed online you posted a picture of the Baker School District uh, tabletop exercise, and you wrote, uh, "This is what it looks like looks like when a community invests in creating a school culture of safety and security." Can can you tell me what happened there? Oh, yeah. So we, um, in addition to Sammy the Sasquatch work, um, uh, Flux Consulting, which is the company that I own that that puts out Sammy the Sasquatch, Sammy and Friends. Um, we also do really focused support um, K-12 school safety and emergency management. And so one of those things that we do is um, running tabletop or even full-scale exercises for schools. Mm -hmm. And a part of that process is making sure that it's not just school districts and school staff that are at the table, but it's community partners as well. Mm -hmm. um, 
we want to make sure that we build those relationships before emergencies happen mm-hmm. and that we are building connection within establishing those relationships so that when the emergencies do occur, regardless of what they are, they've got channels of communication, established collaboration and coordination, because those are some of the most important things and the things that go out the door very quick when we have emergency incidents. So we want to test those systems. That's so excellent. And when you say community partners, are you talking about like first responders, law enforcement, like who, who else is involved in the community, the community partnership? Yeah. So it's always going to be um, law enforcement, fire, emergency medical services, county emergency management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it could be local hospital systems, always as much as we can, local mental health partners. Uh, the tabletop exercise we did recently with Baker School District was actually uh, focused on an incident occurring on the railroad. So we had um, Union Pacific uh, partners come as well, which was just a, a huge opportunity for us. So it's going to be, yes, some solid community partners that we always want at the table. And then sometimes we get creative depending on the threat or hazard that we're focusing on. Okay. Wow. that That's really impressive. When you hear about uh, hoax, active shooter threats, uh, how is your message helping students deal with their own fears when it comes to a lockdown event? Because I know Sammy, the Sasquatch helps them, you know, deal with it in a more, you know, calm, calm way. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you'll have people calling the school making, you know, threats that, you know, that are not real. You know, how do you, how do you prepare them emotionally for that? Yeah. So we call them, um, they're called swatting calls. Uh, they were very common last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, i Unfortunately, I have to say that I think they're going to be occurring again this year. Uh, we watched them kind of as a wave coming across the states. Um, and, and they you could, anyways, law enforcement could trace them to some common area code numbers and those sorts of things. But wow. regardless, law enforcement should and always and does take those swatting calls seriously because we need to until we have, you know, situational awareness that tells us otherwise. Um Part of helping kids to handle swatting calls in a healthy way is we teach them, you know what, it doesn't matter if it's a drill or if it's a real, a real lockdown. What matters is that you know what to do to keep yourself safe when our day goes from normal to not so normal. And so we talk about how the school does lots of stuff all day long to help keep them safe. They do stuff all day long that helps to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And within that, when we get to do cool new things like go to school, we learn extra new safety stuff. And part of that is how are we safe together in our buildings? And so it's really just that it doesn't matter if it's quote unquote real or not real. We need to stay calm, not panic and take it seriously and be responsible big kids. And the other thing that we talk about is... um, our brains are super cool. Uh, you know, it's what we, we, we tell them and our brains are so creative and they can think of lots of different things like telling us stories about, you know, like magical unicorns and purple puppies and all these different things. Right. right. But sometimes when our brain thinks that when we're scared, sometimes our brains will do what ifs that are kind of scary and it'll keep doing kind of these what ifs that are scary. And you know what we have to do? We have to say, Oh my goodness, brain. I see that you're really trying to keep me safe and you are doing such a good job. But I remember what I have to do right now. And all I have to do is a lockdown. And so we just help them understand that our brains will do these things. Here's what we can do when our brain does these things. And here's the safety mechanism that we can go back to. Um, So that way, and they know that helpers are coming and we talk about all those different things uh, when we're in the classroom. So it, it really helps to settle the kiddo as well. That's so excellent, and I, I love your energy when you when you do that. Um, if, if I was a student, I'm like, okay, yeah, no worries, I, I got this. You know, it's it's like you've anticipated it. You know, it's it's to be expected. It's nothing to be afraid of. I I, I love the energy that you're projecting out there. I can see you've been doing this hundreds, if not thousands, of times. So that's wonderful. 
So um, can I ask you, have um, in your journey since we last met in April, have any of the lawmakers or school administrators like reached out to you for advice in relation to lockdown drills? I mean, I know you're doing the, the community tabletop uh, exercises, but, uh, you know, it, for, for those that have not had the chance to know who you are and what you offer, you know, what advice would you offer them? Um, you know, we've worked with a lot of school administrators. We haven't really worked with any folks, um, you know, in any legislatures around this specific topic. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would just stress to them the importance of uh, having a whole school community approach when it comes to any emergency drill, but especially lockdown drills, mm -hmm. and to do it in trauma-informed ways. Whether they use Sammy and friends or whether they design their own trauma-informed approach, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that you have a trauma-informed approach that inv includes and involves the entire school community. So that's parents, families, caregivers in the home. Um, that's, you know, community safety partners like law enforcement, fire, EMS. Uh, that's all staff at the school, not just classroom staff, and then students, of course, right? And making sure that it's accessible, equitably accessible for students and or staff that have access, functional needs, or disabilities. Um, so just make sure that it's trauma-informed. Sammy and Friends is here to help. If you can design and want to design your own, that's fantastic. You don't have to use Sammy and Friends, but please make it trauma-informed. That's excellent. And I noticed that there seems to be a consistent message that you post on, you know, your social media posts. Uh, for example, recently, I noticed on LinkedIn, you said uh, the capacity for peers to support each other following a traumatic experience is a great resource to have um, embedded in all law enforcement agencies. Um, is this something that you're seeing? Um, it, well, it seems like you have a really good partnership going on, but are you seeing this being adapted more often in schools or is that strictly just for first responders or are, are you seeing this more community um concept uh, as far as you know having everybody involved um becoming more what's the word uh, recognized and and realized if that makes sense yeah i know it does you know peer support is a common thing in law enforcement becoming a more common thing in law enforcement it's a really important um system and program to have established within law enforcement agencies uh i can't say that there's one that i know of that's specific to school violence or school emergency incidents for kids mm -hmm. but there is a um, evidence-based program called sources of strength i don't do work in it but i absolutely love it um okay. and what, what uh, is that sources of strength sources of strength yep if you google mm -hmm. sources of strength uh it should pop up as one of your first options and that's a phenomenal program that I think should be in every single school. It's a resilience building program that's designed um, really to be an upstream uh, intervention for suicide. So excuse me, upstream prevention for suicide. So it teaches kids to ask for help early and often in little things and in big things. And they also, so the elementary school, they have a curriculum that they use in the classroom and then middle and high school are, um, peer-led groups. So that's that peer part, right? Building that partnership between the the, um, the kids in the schools. And then they have what are called adult advisors. So they're there to help guide the kids down the path. Okay. Uh, and it's a really phenomenal program. So if schools are interested in something like that, um, I would just encourage them to Google sources of strength and look into it. Um, by chance, you don't happen to know how long have they, have they been around? You know, how long have they, I mean, have they been able to measure the results over any extended period of time? I'm sorry, I don't know the details of that. Um, I know that they are at least evidence-informed. I believe evidence-based. They're part of what's something called the big six in Oregon. They're mm -hmm. six, it might've grown at this point, but originally it was six um, programs identified within Oregon that are evidence-based and uh, service prevention intervention or post-vention for suicide. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so Google sources of strength and or we'll the do. big six in Oregon and 
has a lot of great information and they also have a bunch of free resources on their website. And quite honestly, for the, uh, for the cost that it is, it's, it's pretty uh, low cost. I believe it's under a thousand dollars a year for schools to do it. So it's not a no, huge that's cost. Great. Thank you so much for that, for that resource. Cause that's, it's such an important uh, trait, I think, to develop from a very young age, something that you can carry into adulthood in terms of managing your emotions, emotional intelligence. Um, you know, I, I know you don't know this or not, but today is um, the one year anniversary that um, my stepsister committed suicide and she was a special needs teacher. And so, um, you know, uh, that's something that adults deal with. I can only imagine what children go through um, in terms of trying to deal with like um, emotions when they turn into, te- you know, teenagers and they have all these hormones and these these new relationships that they've never experienced before. And so, um, yeah, great, great tool to have. Thank you so much for that. Um, yes. What are some of the more, I'm sorry? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are some of the most uh, common concerns and thoughts that parents share with you, uh, you know, during your travels to, um, to Sammy and, and school lockdowns? Yeah. So uh, the the biggest thing that comes up, uh, and it's not as frequent as you would think, I would say the most common thing is that, you know, parents and caregivers are nervous and anxious about their kids participating in lockdown drills. Um, the biggest thing is when parents just hard stop. Nope, my kid will not be there. My kid will not participate. Do not speak to my kid about lockdown. Do not say that word to them. Really? Uh, they can, yes. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we actually, f- we faced that with a school that we were going into when they announced, um, and, uh, the parent reached out, she, she was very kind. She had a kindergartner and she was like, you know what? She said, here's all the research that, that I think shows that kids should not do this. And there's no benefit. Um, and the, the school staff engaged in a conversation with them based on, you know, the support with Sammy and friends. Um, and they said, oh my gosh, we hear you. And here, let me help you understand that we don't do active shooter drills. Uh, And so a lot of what that parent was uh, not understanding was the difference between active shooter drills and lockdown drills, which active shooter drills are a great thing that law enforcement should do when children are not present on campus. And then it's okay to uh, let staff volunteer, but never require them. Um, And so that's a specific threat or hazard. Uh, A lockdown drill is just a function. It's an action that we practice just like evacuation Mm -hmm. when we do a fire drill. So we, we talked about that. And then we also talked about what our approach was going to be in building up to this lockdown drill, which is, I mean, we start eight weeks before we are in the school. We start working with the school. Uh, We start looping in parents and families two weeks before we're in with information. We start looping in the class two weeks before we're in with information. Um, And we actually, you know, pointed her to some resources and articles that I had written that helped her understand how how could she have this conversation with her kid at home? Because I understand they want to protect their children, of course, right? And this is scary uh, when you think about why they might be going into the act, the lockdown drill. I understand that, but we have got to prepare them for the world that they are in today. Right. And part of that world today is lockdown drills. And it does not mean we tell this to kids. It does not mean that someone is here to harm you. We don't put that forth, but usually kids will ask something about, well, what if the bad person comes to school? And so we say, you know what, just because we're in a lockdown drill, it does not mean that someone's here to harm you. It means that one of our school staff or teachers noticed that our day went from normal to not normal. And their job is to just increase our level of safety and security in the school so we can have a little bit of time to figure out what the not normal thing is that's going on. Uh, And so we talk with parents about that. We talk with them. How do you have this conversation starting at home, building up to this event in the classroom. And we talk about normalizing safety. And that is one of the biggest things because parents don't realize often that, and kids either, that 
they do stuff every single day, all day long that helps them be safe, right? right and yeah, so you start to normalize, like you do safety stuff all day long, it makes doing a safety thing a lot less scary. Right, right. And and that's so valuable. I, I love that you're preparing them before school even starts and helping to educate them. Because I imagine you probably have a lot of assumptions like that, where they just have preconceived notions as far as what it is that you may or may not be doing. I mean, I have that with my own book. I have um, some people giving me hate mail on, on Facebook. They're like, I will not comply. I will not comply with comply with what? what do you, I don't understand. What are you talking about? The book's not even out yet. Like, what are you objecting to? <laughs> like, really? So I, I think that's wonderful that you're educating them uh, ahead of time. Um, so yeah, tell me, uh, Claire, what is the, the next journey with Sammy the Sasquatch? I know you have the, um, you have the uh, Spanish version coming out. And uh, do you have anything else coming out? I, I think you said something about an activity book. Yes. Yeah, so we have the activity book that will publish after, uh, after the book publishes in Spanish. And then we are also uh, rolling out to a massive school district soon. Well, Sammy will be up and running. She's already up and running in a lot of schools, but she's going to be up and running in, um, 58, uh, schools in a metropolitan area very soon. So holy cow, yeah, like, yeah. 58 schools. Does that mean you're going to 58 schools or, or how, how are you doing that? No, no. My dream, my goal. So with the Sammy and friends approach is to do, um, we have what's called a train the coach model. It's a two day approach that trains school and school serving staff how to go and do Sammy and friends themselves. They get a Sammy, they get books, they get um, support material, manuals. Uh, so they go through a training session and then we spend a day uh, supporting them coaching in the classroom in person. So they're totally supported. Uh, we can train with two trainers. We can train 12 people. So, you know, it's not a massive number that we can create coaches at a time, but right. in order to build more capacity, because our goal is to embed the experience and expertise in the school. So they're not dependent on us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're there if you need help, but you guys got this once we train you. Right. Uh, and then we also have what's called a train the teammate approach, which is a three hour session that's designed to orient the rest of the school staff or a lot of other school staff members to what the Sammy and Friends approach is. So they're more familiar with it. They will not leave that session prepared to lead classroom coaching. It's just not designed that way. We don't have the, you know, it's you can't take 75 people for two days from a school. It's just not possible. You can right. get in three hours though. So we'll train 12 folks in the train, the coach, and we'll train 75 folks in the train, the teammate, and then they'll create teams within their school. And the teammates will go with the coaches into the classroom and they'll learn over time uh, how to do classroom coaching in, in a more focused way. And then they'll feel comfortable eventually to do that classroom coaching themselves. And then they're going to have what 75 plus 12, five, six, seven, 87 people that can do, uh, Sammy and friends coaching in their schools. That's my dream. I want to support all schools to have a trauma informed approach. And so that's, that's how we're rolling it out to so many. That's, that's really impressive. And then after they're trained, um, are they qualified to train other staff members as they get new, you know, staff members or not? No, that's not something we've designed at this point. Um, that's not to say that it's not like a dream of ours to build capacity for more training, um, to make it more accessible. Uh, but right now we just have the capacity to train coaches and teammates, uh, dreams someday to train more trainers. Uh, I, I love that. I love that you're 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 making it so that way they don't have to be so dependent on you, and uh, you know they can be you know self sufficient uh, with this new knowledge that is uh, fact based or evidence based. You said so that that's great. Well, Claire, it's been such a ple- pleasure uh, having you here. Um, and uh, I don't know if you're going to be dressing up today for Halloween. Um, are you doing any any school tours today? I'm not. Sammy will put on a little outfit later, and she'll post oh, nice. on social media. But um, I'll just be answering the door, handing out some candy, and. My bonus daughter, she'll probably head out to trick or treat. So 
Okay. Well, excellent. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, if you have any future updates coming up, you know, please, you know, uh, give me a call. I'd love to hear, you know, more about what's going on. I'm just really impressed with um, how far you've grown and, and just how, you know, effective you've been in your, your communities that you've been touching. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah. I love staying in touch. <laughs> my pleasure. All right. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.